This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, December 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. USMCA deal appears closer. USDA forecast underscores importance of trade aid and H-2A growth eases. USMCA on our way to a deal. Lawmakers returned from their Thanksgiving break this week with a full slate of issues to deal with, and that ranges from impeachment to a December 20 deadline for keeping the government funded. The chances for a House vote on the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement appear to be getting better after a meeting last week between U.S. Trade Representative Robert Lighthizer and his Mexican counterpart, Jesus Siede. Every single issue that has made me lose sleep is off the table, Siede told reporters. We are on our way to a resolution. He did caution the group has some way to go. House Democrats are pressing Mexico to follow through with enforcement mechanisms with labor standards. Siede said Mexico would only agree with enforcement mechanisms that are within the World Trade Organization rules. The Senate is back in session today. The House returns tomorrow. For more on this week's agenda in D.C., read our Washington Week Ahead. MFP Insurance Shore Up Farm Economy. The latest farm income forecast from USDA affirms the huge role that trade mitigation payments and crop insurance are playing in the farm economy this year. Direct government payments and crop insurance benefits, that's indemnities, less premiums, will account for 31% of the $92.5 billion in net farm income expected this year. That according to Kerry Lukowski, an economist for the Economic Research Service. Earnings for production ag soar. The numbers are even more striking when looking only at farms with more than $350,000 in sales or smaller operations where the operator's principal occupation is farming. There are 950,000 of those operations and their average farm income will increase sharply this year after declining in the previous four years. The largest of those operations are classified as commercial farms and have sales of at least $350,000. Their median farm income is projected at $178,292 this year, an increase of nearly 26% over 2018. Now take note, overall numbers on the farm economy also reflect what USDA classifies as smaller residential farms, which bring the total number of U.S. farms to about $2 million. Bottom line, most sectors, except for poultry, are seeing higher earnings this year. Farms where corn is the primary crop are projected to have average net cash farm income of $206,400 this year, an increase of 20% over 2018. Earnings for wheat operations are expected to be up 35%. For soybeans, earnings will be up nearly 34%. Bottom line, Most sectors, except for poultry, are seeing higher earnings this year. Farms where corn is the primary crop are projected to have average net cash farm income of $206,400 this year, an increase of 20% from 2018. Earnings for wheat operations are expected to be up 35%. For soybeans, earnings will be up nearly 34%. Cotton farms should make 18% more on average this year. Operations that produce fruits, vegetables, and nuts will see an 8% increase. There are also big increases for dairy, which has benefited from a significant run-up in milk prices. Dairy farms' average net income is expected to be up 47%. Pork producers expected to earn 24% more this year, and cattle producers 10% more. 
poultry is the only major ag sector expected to be down. Dairy country sees biggest turnaround. Despite the bleak future facing many small dairy operations, the turnaround in milk prices this year means upper Midwest and northeastern states are seeing the sharpest increase nationwide in income. Farm income of that region, classified by USDA as the Northern Crescent, is expected to be up 31% this year. The fruitful rim, that fruit and vegetable growing region that includes Florida, South Texas, Arizona, and the West Coast, will see the lowest increase in earnings this year at 11%. H-2A demand slows sharply. Farm demand for the H-2A program continues to slow off the double-digit pace of recent years, that according to an analysis by the American Farm Bureau Federation. During the fourth quarter of fiscal 19 that ended September 30th, there was a 6% increase in the number of certified H-2A positions compared to the same quarter of FY19. That is the smallest increase for a fourth quarter since the Labor Department started releasing quarterly H-2A data in 2012, according to the Farm Bureau. There was only a 2% increase in H-2A positions for the third quarter of FY19. According to the Farm Bureau analysis, the slowing demand for H-2A could be due to poor weather, but also could be indicative of diminishing returns to labor on horticultural operations. By the way, the minimum H-2A wage rate continues to grow. Regional wage requirements vary sharply by region, but for 2020, the national average wage rate is expected to be $13.99 an hour, up from $13.25 in 2019, and 1247 an hour in 2018. The national wage in 2019, 17% higher than the 2015 wage and 31% above the 2010 wage of $10.12 an hour. Dicamba deadlines prevent crop damage. Minnesota's state agriculture department has decided to continue its ban on dicamba use after June 20th. The agency says there has been a dramatic drop in off-target complaints since the cutoff date was instituted in 2018. The number of complaints went from 253 in 2017 to 53 in 2018 and just 22 last year. EPA must formally approve the June 20 cutoff date, which Indiana's Office of State Chemist also plans to impose. In October, Illinois also announced a proposed June 20 cutoff date, as well as a temperature limit of 85 degrees. South Dakota's planning on a June 30 cutoff date for 2020, and Arkansas's cutoff date is May 25th. Judge Limits CWA Reach a federal judge in Massachusetts has issued a ruling that would limit the jurisdiction of the Clean Water Act over groundwater. The judge ruled that wastewater discharges traveling through groundwater to reach the Atlantic Ocean are not subject to the Clean Water Act permit requirements. The facts of the case are similar to those facing the Supreme Court in a recently argued case out of Hawaii. In that case, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals ruled Hawaii County had to get a permit for groundwater discharges. In Massachusetts, U.S. District Judge William Young said a beach club's wastewater was unquestionably polluting Nantucket Sound, but he deferred to EPA's recent interpretation that the states have sole authority over groundwater regulation. The Clean Water Act takes pains to leave groundwater regulation to the states, according to Young. Here's today's He Said It. 
Enforcement is a word that means the whole world and the universe, and nothing at the same time. That Mexican trade negotiator, Jesus Siede, when asked by reporters about progress over congressional Democrats' demands for tougher enforcement measures for the USMCA. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, December 2nd. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by Watkinson Miller and Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Allen.